Hello, Sorens and Sound. It's another case of I gotta go on a walk, but today before it starts to rain. Hello, Ivy. She's always somewhere, always lurking. <laughs> like all the best kittens should be. Um, but just quickly, I think to summarize a point from the last podcast, and this is a case of I should plan things, or maybe just <laughs> wait a bit in case I have any more sporadic thoughts um but i'm still watching summer strike i'm on episode eight i want to say and it's such a good show so very sweet um but what's i gonna say oh yeah so like a lot of people in the show have obviously gone through some tough stuff in life some people have pretty clearly some like mental issues um and the one character in the series I really don't like, she, she's just something else. And I have a feeling that, like, most people on the show don't like her. And I guess she's, like, kind of a pick-me, if you will. Um, but more than that, it's just, like, literally as soon as one other young woman comes into the town, she becomes, like, insufferable and tries to get everyone to, like, hate her in, like, a backhanded way, not doing anything, like, unruly. But it's just, come on, ma'am. Why you gotta... That's always so hard for women in the world. Why you gotta do that? Um, I also am indeed outside of my pajama shorts. So I feel a little silly. But the thing that she also does is she, like... She likes this guy a lot. And he's someone who's just had a really hard time from childhood. Very much traumatized. His dad murdered his sister. Um, and he had to, like, find the body. Stuff like that. Crazy stuff. Um, but he's also super smart. But she still, like, inf- infantilizes him to a c- an absurd degree. Um, considering, like, because it's one of those things where if someone chooses a life that isn't typical of success or typical... Or it, it isn't typical success and it's not the furthest bounds of capitalism they could reach. Or, again, traditional success of, like, for him, he could do... He could push the boundaries of physics stuff like that and he's just like no i'm happy to work in a library and people people specifically her think there's something wrong with him because they have different aspirations kind of thing and so i also just want to quickly say that like with neurodivergent people in general there's always that risk of like infantilization and like there's not that's so dehumanizing (laughs) to such a large degree because not only is it saying it's saying that like if you have any different interests then you're just wrong and you don't have a normal brain so you don't have like the thinking skills to be able to comprehend that and it's just oh it's crazy and luckily i've never experienced that but it is just wild that people think they have some like better cumberbatch that man is a little fucking bitch um he is like he obviously comes from very like wealthy family is one of those British actors that like went to Eton and did all that typical showboaty stuff um but like the things he has said about people with autism is insane and he is like because people like canonically are like oh like Sherlock has autism I mean he played Sherlock in the 2010 BBC series I think it was 2010 um but he's just like no he doesn't people with autism are like this 
<laughs> like subhuman kind. I'm like, whoa, that is a crazy thing to say. Um, truly bold, truly disgusting. Um, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I consider you that descriptor rather than anyone else that you simply don't know. Um, so, just want to say don't think for other people they they can think for themselves and just because they come to different conclusions doesn't mean you should harp on a mental difference difference cognitive ability and say ah you must be silly because that's not true and in general people can have different life views from you different definitions of success and that is fine but i'm sorry to start off on something wrapping up something else wrapping up loose ends of something else but again in the show they, they're picking peaches and I was like oh I thought of more childhood stories I could tell although I suppose this is more high school although it's partially like grade I guess too I don't really know the timeline um there's this girl that I was friends with for really, really close for a long time and in Chicago it's somewhat common for people, at least people I went to high school with, to have lake houses in Michigan. And a lot of them, I'm not gonna dox anybody, but they have like lake houses in the same area, like on, on Lake Michigan, as you might imagine. Plus a lake house in Michigan. Um, not that there aren't many other lakes, but you know, that, that's the big one. And so this girl that I was friends with had a lake house and we would go up all the time because it wasn't that far, it's like, I don't know. It, we would always go at night so that it wouldn't be bad, like after swim practice or something for the weekend. And um, it's probably like an hour and a half, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I had the greatest time. We had so much fun there all the time. And even though we aren't friends anymore, like I still very fondly remember all those little visits um, because she like, so her family's like Polish, came from Poland. And this whole community that she specifically lived in that was just like everyone I knew that had lake houses in the area all kind of like went for a while along the coast, if you will. Um, but her specific little area was just a lot of like Polish people and they were all friends. And I literally could understand like basic Polish by the end of the first summer that we went up a lot together. And it was really fun. Um, there's like a little candy store stuff like that and you could try different walks and she had one of her other, like one of her other best friends they're still best friends still stay, very cute um, also had a house there so we would all like walk to the beach do all this stuff maybe have little swims in the moonlight uh, felt very <laughs> we're all competitive well not all of us but competitive swimmers so it's okay uh, it's not really. Don't do not do that. But there's also not really, like, riptides in, like, Michigan. Um, so it, it's not as bad as if it were indeed the ocean. But it was such a magical little time. And there's, like, they called it, like, clay, but it's essentially, like, I guess it is clay, but kind of mud that you could just, like, cover yourself in. So do silly stuff like that. Um... And the dunes aren't far away, 
uh, I think it's the Indiana Dunes, maybe, because I don't know if you know about American geography, but it goes like Illinois, small bit of Indiana, Michigan, <laughs> all, uh, around the southeast corner of Lake Michigan. Um, so the, it's just called the Indiana Dunes. We'd sometimes walk there, run, like hike up the dunes, roll down them. as a great time. Everyone, like the community, kind of like shared kayaks, but some families had their own. But we were at kayak, we would paddleboard, um, just spend our days like that. And there was one day where it was just me and my friend, and we laid down and we sat in the kayak. And we're both like, it's kind of sunny, it's kind of nice, we're kind of sleepy. And we fell asleep and we woke up on our friend's beach, like a few miles down the shore. And their family was like calling out to us. I'm like, oh hey. Um, <laughs> not the safest thing, but you're not because we, were, we weren't far enough out that we would have drifted to like Canada. I just would have kept pushing us down near to Chicago. Um, but, but we also weren't just that worried. Um, hello, doorbell. And so I woke up. We had a nice little day at our friend's beach, and we rode our way back to her. Uh, stretch of land, not hurt, like not hurt, but you know what I mean, that beach that's nearby. The cabin or house was like a mile away, probably, walking. I had to walk through some forest and all of that. Just because at that particular area, it wasn't any like beachfront properties. It's all a like, community. And then you all just walk through the little foresty area. And there was one time she had a little sister, <laughs> has a little sister. Um, and she, <laughs> little sister would scare us in the forest because we would like sneak out to go because we weren't supposed to swim in the lake at night. We would sneak out and then do whatever. Um, and then little sister like followed us. We just, just sprinted back, or she would hide under the be hiding under the bed when we came back and be like ah. So it was, was kind of cute that she did that, even if it was terrifying for a split second. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, that like day of. Oh, waking up at a friend's beach and kayaking back. I felt like, I don't, in a weird way, I guess maybe like Winnie the Pooh, like that kind of like deep childhood adventure. And it was nice that we could still have that even as we were getting into high school. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the actual peach picking. Um, okay. I don't know what this car's doing other than blocking the crosswalk. But hope you can hear the exhaust. So I, like Michigan has a lot of kind of farms for apple picking. I think peach picking as well because we, I mean, we peach. There is. I just remember that the apple farms are more like popular, but there are peach ones as well. Uh, I don't like peaches, so there was one time we went to a farm, so like hours picking peaches, uh, just for. Um, me to be like, yeah, I don't really like them. My friend's mom was like, what? Why, why did you do this? I was like, I had fun. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. Um, but it's also common, just side note, this is a different friend, but it's also somewhat common for people to have lake houses in Wisconsin, just like less so. Um, 
and one of my friends did, and we went um, strawberry picking. And I also don't like strawberries, <laughs> so I like, picked so many little bins of strawberries just to be like, here you go, I don't want them. <laughs> Uh, so I just have fun. Apples, I do fuck up apples. I love those bitches. Um, but it's literally just like a good time. Having, having a little blast on the fruit farms. Um, so it's cool. It was a fun time. Had a, honestly, I think that I had just like, I've blocked out all the crazy parts for the, the majority of them and then I'm just like yeah I had a fun childhood the day-to-day was a bit monotonous the day-to-day was a bit like when I was a wee child in elementary school it was kind of just like um walk to school in the morning but sometimes my mom would wake me up early and drive me and we would get she would get me the McDonald's. I don't think they make them anymore. I'm pretty positive they don't. But it's like cinnamon roll bites, if that makes sense. Uh, so I just eat like little nuggets with a ton of like cinnamon roll dressing and whatever. Um, and it was my favorite thing. So, hello. Um, yeah, so we do that and then go to school or there was one time or a few times where there is a Dunkin Donuts near us I would get one glazed donut and school was literally a few blocks away from that Dunkin Donuts and my goal was just always to try to eat the donut before I got to school and I was like that cannot be good for you and I was like I don't care I win because just it's like me to make everything competition um side note before I get back to the daily schedule is there is also one swim meet I had so I swam for a YMCA team for a while but that's still a part of USA Swimming and so we had a little like national team and the national team even if like we were a part of this little group was part of a bigger practice group we went to like special meets and stuff um and so we took also on the topic of Michigan I guess We went to a meet, like, way out in Michigan. We had a little bus. And on the way there, we saw Krispy Kreme. And we are like, Coach, I'm sorry to say her name. Um, If we do well, can we stop on the way back? She's like, I guess. uh, Even though we're fully all, like, teenagers, we bargain like small children. Um, (laughs) And on the way, we did well. That was the weekend where I went, like, three of the exact same times at once. And, like, we all ripped our suits, whatever had to fix them with nail polish but it was just, just like us no parents were like oh this is so fun so crazy and at least i don't remember their big parents anyway um but maybe that's just because we took the bus to and from his transit uh but we all went to uh Krispy Kreme and the thing like the group so there's different age groups for swimming it's like 15 and over uh, once you get to that age because it's 11 like 8 and under 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 and over and that's why you sometimes just like wouldn't really feel that you were years apart from someone if you were like in the same age group if that makes sense and for some reason just like the teams I was on until I got to my final team um, in high school 
because I switched school so many times and switched some club teams for swimming. Um, so it's just like each timeline kind of exists in its own realm and I don't always attach ears to them. So I kind of have to ground them differently and it's can be a bit strange. Um, we went to Krispy Kreme and we all got uh, half a dozen donuts and we were like, we all decided to race. But the age group, the relevancy is that we were all like, there was like half like 14 year old girls and the rest was like 16, 17 year old boys. And I was the only girl that was gonna participate in the race and they all literally counted me out. And then I destroyed all of them. And one of them was like joking, like he was a little bit of a chubby kid. And so they're all like, oh, he's gonna win. He always does this kind of, and I beasted every single one of, like why, why do they count me out? Time and time again, why do they look down on me? And so I feel victorious. I was like, yeah, yeah, I have a binge eating disorder. I didn't say that, but I did have binge eating disorder. So like, how dare you underestimate a girl with an ED? That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> and like, to be fair, it's not as though you could tell by like any other barker other than like, I knew. Um, but <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. The ride home, the rest of it was a lovely few hours. I felt, I felt like I won after just tying my best time over and over again. It was a nice, I did what I could in the way I was able. Um, yeah, but also, I can't remember if I said this in the swimming episode, but we used to have something called like donut relays, just sporadically growing up. It should be that like, all the relays was on one side, everyone just do a 50, then back regardless of what it was short course or long course well yes it would be a 50 if it's long course but just two laps and Ivan go out to the other side you have to get out of the pool eat a whole donut the coach checks your mouth to make sure it's gone you know just chewing while you're swimming and then you come back and so if someone's a slow eater but a fast swimmer of which there were a few there were a few incredibly slow eaters on my team it amazed me um so I always beasted the donut relay and they still, they didn't keep that prior knowledge locked in. Don't pray on my downfall. That's all I gotta say for you. Or you'll lose a donut competition. <laughs> but also they're like glazed donuts, which is to me like cotton candy. If you just like squish those things, they don't exist. So work smarter, not harder. That's what I gotta say for you. Ah, I'm so sweaty. What other, what other folklore have I for you about my wee childhood? Um, I don't know, I'm really sweaty. Um, so my family, my dad's side, they kind of live like all over the US, but once a year, like growing up, when all of my cousins and I were still kids, even though I'm the youngest by a lot, so that ended for me when I was younger than they were, but we would rent a place either up in Minnesota or like out on Cape Cod, something like that. Um, we'd rent a boat house, we'd all be there, have fun. But I started, this started 
when I was like a little baby. I didn't know anything in this world. And all my cousins were like, let's play Twister. And I would spin the thing and I was like, I don't know what left and right is. And so that's how I learned playing Twister. One of my favorite cousins taught me. I do have favorites. So I'm not sorry to say it. Um, it's always clear. <laughs> it was clear. Then um, I, I had a favorite cousin that I would follow anywhere. And then the other youngest, <laughs> I was his favorite cousin. And he would follow me. So he apparently just looked like a bunch of little ducks. Um, which is cute. And... So I don't remember a ton of, oh my God, hey lizard. All the lizards are out now that it's getting warmer. They're so cute, I love them. It reminds me a lot of San Diego. Uh, the first time I saw one, um, I remember like seeing them or being aware of all the lizards in California. I'd ask my dad, I'd be like, can we keep it? He's like, no, like, he's happy, he's free. It's like, okay, I guess, fine. I just wanna pet the little guys. And how am I gonna pet them if I can't develop a bond? But I digress. And yeah, but also because we would rent a boat. I've like always been terrified of boats for some reason and like open water and deep water. Um, I think it was just because there's a few times as like a kid in La Jolla that I almost drowned, even as like a competitive swimmer, because I started swimming when I was like six or seven and I had my first swim lessons at six months. So I like could swim and I was still like, I was so confident in a pool that when the tide kind of grabbed me, I was like, oh, what? Um, so that I almost drowned like twice as a kid. So I have a feeling that's why I was scared of boats and everything. Um, but we were on the boat and I was like, oh my God, I hate it here. And so I just sat on the shore with my grandparents. Um, as the little baby, they were always just with me because we were both like equal levels of inactivity, if you will. Um, so very, very close with them. They're my little protectors and I love them very much. And I do always remember my grandma would just be like, my cousins, because most of them were boys, except for the oldest Emma, oh, whoops, <laughs> except for the oldest. Um, she was just like too old, kind of like too cool in uh, some ways, or would just be like in her adult phase, even though she was like a teenager. And like, fair enough, we all go through that. I don't really remember, I was a small kid. Um, but all the boys would just try and like get the cute little kiddo, me, obviously, uh, to play. My grandparents would be like, you're insane, no. And then we'd do things together, um, which is so fun. And made me feel very special, very connected to them. So, miss them very dearly. And sounds like someone's burning incense, but the the blue box one, I forget the name of it. I feel bad. Um, that is my favorite incense, so that's why, that's why I got this nose for it. Um, I'm also sweating so badly. I'm gonna see what the, it's 28, that is wild. Um, yeah, wow. It hasn't been, there's a while where it was like this warm every day, but because the rain race recently came and kind of brought, <laughs> brought the weather down significantly to like 19 
for a while. So this is also a by the way. Um, if that wasn't clear. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> 28 uh, Fahrenheit is warm. But, yeah. So. Um, oh, this is a way to affect this person. Person. Ah. Um, I, don't, I know I've addressed the waiter effect before, but I just feel like if I ever, like, less my speech, it's just because I don't want to be, like, annoying. I don't want to, like, burn some of the conversation they did not ask to be privy to. Well, I always love overhearing things. I don't know. I also just, like, don't see the harm. I'm just, like, slowing down my speech and addressing them with a smile or something of the sort. So, it's just my little, my little tidbit. And completely forgot where I was going with any of this. I think I'm also just in, like, a summer memory kind of mood. Partially because of the show, Summer Strike. Partially because it's boiling hot and I'm sweating. Um, but anyway. But also, I did just remember... A little memory. This one I tell people, like, I don't talk about my childhood often. I don't talk about, like, my past, if you will, often. But the one thing I do always talk about <laughs> if I d- <laughs> is that Callum and I would do, like, tennis camps in the summer together, like, between my swim practices. Obviously, we needed to be, like, washed for the day. And Chicago uh, parks, the Chicago Parks District. I don't know if they were, like, free camps or just, like, they weren't very expensive camps. But we had one near us called Olympia Park. And that's where you go to play tennis and whatever. And it's a good time. But they called me, also aside from it, I guess I haven't talked, I don't know that I've told many people this, but they called me killer. Um, <laughs> this was second grade summer. I do remember that very clearly. And... I, because I had done, like, some tennis camps before in California, and I would continue them after. I was just, like, better than most kids at that age that don't, like, that wouldn't be doing it as a team kind of thing at that point. And so my serve was just really, I was really strong. And so they called me killer, because I would also just, like, hit balls as far as I could for fun, just so I had an excuse to run after them. I was a weird kid. Um, and I always remembered, um, so, if you're not, 7-Eleven's an international chain, but I don't know if they do this internationally, but on, like, July 11th, maybe not, because a lot of countries do the dates the other way, so it'd be kind of weird. Um, but, so, like, mid-summer, you can go with whatever size cup you bring and fill it with a slushy, or slurpee, I guess. Um, and so I just remember... One day after tennis practice, Chicago summers are hot. We, we went to the nearby 7-Eleven, which I have definitely described as like a strange place to be before in the podcast. Um, so we went there, and then sometimes we would go to the lake, and it was a good time. The lake as a kid and the lake as like a teenager are very different vibes, as you might imagine, because I think it's partially that unless you live, like, on the water or, like, very near it as a kid, which, even though I was in the city, we didn't live, like, close by any means. 
Um, at least not relative to like Lincoln Park or Edgewater or something like that, where you're just there all the time. It felt like a bit of a journey. So just the way that time passes in a car, you're like, oh, we've arrived at this magical destination. And there's also less frequency to it, but the point is the lake, summertime shy as it goes, um, is the most magical land ever. It's truly like unmatched because it gets so hot. And everyone, once you're like a teenager and even if like had jobs that had swimming, you still found a way to bike to the lake any chance you got. And because you're like a teen, it's so much more fun. You're picking up friends along the ride there. It's uh, like someone's already there with spikeball. You're always gonna run into people that you know already, and then your group just gets bigger. And it's just like my kind of people I'm friends with will pack like picnics, lunches, and stuff. And then you can just like share. And there's nothing like um, just watermelon with lime juice and tahini on the beach after a long bike ride in the blistering sun after like 6 a.m. Uh, 5 to 6 a.m. call for lifeguarding. That is, that is life at its like peak, at its finest. And that's just the virtue of like living in Chicago. And that's just what life is like for you at some point, um, regardless of like what beaches you go to, regardless of where along the lakefront you're parking. Um, a good time and i've had like i guess that would be so there is like oak street beach just that bit like right down by the loop right before it like juts out into navy pier and everything or not just it's a bit of a walk um or a bike chicago's big biking city now that's necessarily the safest for it a lot of my friends probably my friends have gotten hit by cars uh, on their bikes um they're all okay um but still, oof, it's, it's interesting. Especially as I had my my bike traumas as a kid. Then I rode a bike for years. So I fell, skin, like skinned my knees so badly. My mom poured hydrogen peroxide on my knees and I was just crying on the pavement. I was like, damn, I really don't want to ride a bike. And then the whole, um, I think I might have talked about this. This is where it's hard for me. And whenever I say I might have talked about this, when I am referencing my childhood, that tends to mean I said it once to someone at some point in time. And I'm like, okay, I've told everyone. Because, I don't know, I, don't, I also can't remember now what show this was said in, but they were just saying, like, oh, don't you get tired of your same old stories all the time, of being you? And I'm like, that's why I just don't say the same thing twice. Or I try and refrain from it. It's only I've had actively kind of go against and <laughs> disclose. But maybe that's what I'm trying to do here, is just like, if I say it all this one time, I can be like, you wanna hear about my childhood? Go listen to these things. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so those are like the main beaches, but then there's one person I did in high school who, really like this one south side beach that I had like until that point I had never been to and then suddenly like even in winter we were going to that beach like often <laughs> and it was fun it was a good time but then one of my also closest friends Emma she's the one that went strawberry picking with 
I, the thing is, I, like, I omit names kind of to a point that you don't develop, like, a character profile of people for the most part. And then I do things like that because I just naturally want to link it. So I am fighting that urge, I promise. So that way you can just have blank associations of things. Um, which is, it feels a little wrong because this will play such a pivotal role at any given stage of my life. And I still care so deeply for everyone that I kind of like want to give them credit where credit's due. But at the same time, it's like those people's lives are their own, stories are their own. I don't want to speak on it for them or anything like that. And yeah, that's, that's what I'll say, even though her and I are still very close. Um, but she lived near like Foster Beach. And I'm also just assuming you know Chicago beaches, even though most of my friends that would listen to this probably wouldn't except for hey miss delphine i can say it <laughs> um miss chicago but everyone else like uh not chicago people or even if they've been but not well enough to know the beaches i'm sure we would go and like play a spike ball we do whatever i like to bring chalk with me a lot because i just never understood why we stopped using chalk um, so that was, that was my, that's what I brought to the table. Um, yeah, I just always loved, like, planning little picnics, bringing, like, frisbees or footballs, whatever. And so always fresh fruit. Um, there's always, like, a little guy going around with a little push cart selling paletas. Um, paletas? Um, it's been a while, I feel that. But then, so if you want ice cream, you got those. It's a good time. Um, so yeah, Chicago summer, just undefeated. And I feel as though I've touched on this before, but Chicago winter, I'm not really in the mood to like talk about holiday season, but it's still, to me, like deeply comforting because if you have enough community, then it's kind of like, it's just a warm feeling. It's, it's just a lot of house parties. It's a lot of like concerts. It's just all indoor activities with like bodies of people. <laughs> and so you don't really notice that it's cold outside. And at least that's how I always felt. And it was great. Or you go to museums, you just found ways to be together, even if it was just like a group of you watching TV at someone's house. Um, it's just... Yeah, you don't notice the cold door. It's like so much warmth in the friendship that it doesn't matter. And Wicker Park, um, the actual park within the neighborhood, has like a skating rink in the winter. And so you can still do like smaller local activities instead of trying to do it at the Bean. I think I literally went ice skating at the Bean maybe once in my life. Cause it just kind of pain seemed more of a hassle than it was worth. Oh, although I did, like, skate the ribbon once, I think, in Maggie Daly Park, um, which is also right there, if you don't know Chicago geography. Um, so, yeah. I, honestly, to me, Chicago is just, like, genuinely very magical place. So, but it is one of those things where it's, like, I saw someone do this analysis of New York, and I don't think Chicago is quite romanticized to the same degree New York is, but it's talking about how so many people will move from, like, wealthy families and, like, random states and suburbs, and they're expecting 
this like influencer lifestyle because people kind of just like omit the realities of being and like a New Yorker and it's like if you're not steeped in community of course things aren't gonna be what you expect like it's not just some weird ass utopia that you've envisioned that's just a celebration of your wealth um so anywhere you go you kind of just always have to adjust for expectation that's just been a big problem in New York because all these people implant themselves in many ways and this is I'm not explaining this to the depth which it deserves but that's um, that's what this episode's for and I would love to talk about it but that's not happening right now I'm so sorry there's no excuse for it other than that (laughs) um but yeah, if you like, I think in that way, I'm lucky to like have grown up in Chicago and known such like close knit care. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, even if you don't know someone, you know, you know, you have someone in common. You know that there's like two degrees of separation max from any given individual. And so it just, there's a lot of respect, and you can just tell when someone's from Chicago. It's a good time. And we look out for one another. At least that's my experience. Oh, and also, like, side note, we have something called, like, um, calling dibs in winter. And I, to me, this is, like, fact of life. I thought everywhere in the world did this, and, like, maybe they do now. But apparently it's, like, very much originated in Chicago kind of thing. Um, where in the, in the winter, it's, like, it's hard to shovel out a spot for yourself in a blizzard. And there's one particular blizzard that this, like, traces back, traces back to, by the way, and that's why it's, like, cited as a Chicago thing. But you, like, pull out of your parking spot, and you'll put, like, a chair or a big child's toy or just, like, something in your parking spot so that someone would have to get out and move it. Um, but we could just kind of call that, like, calling dibs. And people respect it. They're like, ah, damn, I can't park there. And if you do, which is usually people that have, like, moved to Chicago, they'll be like, oh, what is it, someone left this out? Then you're going to get, like, egged or, like, teepeed that next Halloween, something like that. Like, people will remember, and it's not going to end well, so respect the dibs, personally. That's my experience. I'm just saying. Um, I think it's also kind of strange because... So, like, some of my friends, most of them, I'd say, have, like, their family's been in Chicago for generations. But there's some people where that's not the case. And I do feel as though we've had, like, even though we can experience those things, they didn't necessarily have that as a child. That was something they kind of, like, they had to find their connection to Chicago in high school. And I was, like, very gratefully gifted mine. Just, like, it's my birthright (laughs) to be from Chicago. Um... So, uh, there, I think there's sometimes where, like, talking about dibs like that or talking about other things that are, like, maybe it's simple, but this is a part of the experience that they won't always get. Or <laughs> there's just, like, neighborhoods they've never heard of or never been to. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it is just, like, even though they still grew up there the same as I did, there's still, like, a level of lore that's unexplored and as like grateful as I am for that and I don't take it for granted and I truly love Chicago even though I've like very much severed my community ties in most ways and now I just have like strings attaching me to 
the loved ones that are still around in my life, ever present. Hopefully, that's what I'm in the friendships for, that long lasting bond. Um, but it's just like, I guess like the finance thing, I was like recapping the move forward and I thought that I just thought of like a fun little peach thing. But no, I think I'm also trying to get ready to like give myself permission to keep leaving, you know? Because that is what it feels like. I was born in San Diego, grew up between there and Chicago. But Chicago's, I mean, they're both home. It feels wrong to isolate either. But especially now that I've given you like a little insight into each. Um, But it does feel like every day that I'm gone, I'm choosing to leave, if that makes sense. Um, Not a decision to leave. Uh Good movie. Um, Anyway... Uh, so I think I'm just trying to keep giving myself permission to leave and I still owe everything I have to the communities that raised me and I'm still grateful for that and I don't pretend to like still be the most in touch with my swimming community even Chicago because I'm not because I like gave up the reins of that closeness when I left and that doesn't mean that it's not instilled in me that it's not a part of me but it's like whenever I go back to visit I see, like, half the storefronts in the streets that I walk the most have changed. I can't really understand what that means, even if I can be shocked by how stark and immediate that changes. There are people there that saw it happen, and I'm not someone that gets to witness it anymore. And then I don't, like, get to get upset about it in a lot of ways. And also in, like, the episode with Justin, I, I'm clearly a bit fiery about education and the um, school system structure in Chicago. That's because we're like, we're a city that's full of protesters. Like that's just what you do. Um, You see like something's not like something in your community is up, you're gonna get involved. Like I helped run the polls for years, like all through high school and help people like register to vote, to do this, to do that. And um, it was just, like, it's just what you did. And if we did, like, walkouts from school for gun control, we did all sorts of stuff. We would, like, organize across different high schools, or I think even some, like, grade schoolers did. And then we would, like, train to a certain meeting point, and we would walk all around, like, government buildings, like, or the outside and that's just like whenever it happened it's just like you're coming with (laughs) you know and yeah so just always being like politically actively involved in community is kind of what it's all about and it's on it's weird to be somewhere like New York obviously does have deep histories of protests but because there's so many like transplants and people that come from places where you turn a blind eye when someone else needs help and that just kind of and some people gentrifying areas that it's kind of overlooked or the majority is able or wanting to turn a blind eye to protest you know and it's just so hard to see because that like literally when I like came to New York I wanted to find ways to like seat myself in community I guess honestly to like probably falsely replicate what I had in Chicago even though that's not 
possible. And that's just something you kind of have to accept. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It just means that, like, I can very fully realize that there's a layer of disconnect. But I think, again, with, like, Summer Strike, there's this girl. She moves from Seoul to this, like, seaside town I don't know. Also, it says, like, the places are fictional, so I don't know if these places are fictional or if it's just, like, the shop names or something. Um, I probably should have looked that up. But anyway, it's this little seaside town. And as much as she, like, finds her people, she finds her tribe, and she understands, like, the implications of their life, and they're able to find, like, joy and found family, it's so clear that there's, like, things she doesn't know that she's just new to. And there's nothing wrong with that because that kind of interaction can bring about, like, new perspectives. It can mean that, like, we don't have to lend ourselves to generational trauma as long as we're, like, accepting of other perspectives and able to close those gaps even in ourselves and understand that there's other ways out or through more aptly. And so I don't want to, like... I guess, like, understand your place and don't overstep bounds and, like, be like, I know what's best. I've been here a month. It's like, just girl, no, the fuck you don't. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't, like, try to understand and try and integrate yourself and do what you can, but just don't make more work for the people that have already had to, like, do this day in and day out. And so, like, I try and do, like, a lot of research before... I've moved anywhere, like, when I studied abroad in Toulouse or studied abroad in London, like, I try and, like, do my due diligence so I'm not just walking around. And I think that it is something that was, like, specifically for NYU London, I knew a lot of people that didn't really like it. And you can also just kind of tell the kind of person that's not really going to like London. And it's nothing to do with the city itself because I think it's, like, I think London has something for everybody. It's amazing place. Um, full of so much history. It's unreal. Especially, like, with fashion. It is, show, like, show-stopping. I love her. I've done, like, so many, like, walking fashion history <laughs> tours of London, and I just, like, know so much about the architecture, and it's so nice to, like, be able to walk through and, like, feel those layers, and it's so cool. And that's also, like, why wouldn't you do research before you move somewhere? You can feel so much more alive, feel so much, feel so many stories. It's amazing. Um, but there are people from New York. Some of them had been in New York their whole lives, so they kind of had my Chicago thing, where it's like, oh, I just, like, know how this works. And then they, they've never had to do that research of, like, living somewhere else. And then they got to London, they're like, oh, this is hard, because it's not New York. And it's like, no shit, it's not New York. Um, so just, like, I don't know, just go places with an open mind. And that's scary. That's difficult. But you can do it. Just be, like, open to those changes. Be open to the people that are going to come into your life. And, yeah. And I think, for me, just, like, having been essentially, like, forced by the nature of my lifestyle to live in multiple places, like, it's hard to be connected to multiple cities and just not be able to be there all the time because then it always feels like a part of your soul is just a little bit out of place. And it's always longing for, like, those reminders. Like, if I see a hummingbird here, all I can do the rest of the day is think about the bougainvillea in San Diego. That's, like, the birds of paradise. All of that. I can, like, all I can do is just, like, long to be 
and the place, the home of my soul that like that image brought forth. And yeah, probably my phone's gonna die. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be open to more places being home. Because it's something I say time and time again, just because it's so true. But you, even where you were born is a bit arbitrary. The fact that people love you there is beautiful, but people can love you anywhere, and they will. And that doesn't mean you should get up and leave everyone you've known behind, but it just means you keep trying. And if things fade and they change, that's okay, because they're going to change anyway. Like, staying in one place forever doesn't mean nothing changes. Um, even if I was in Chicago, doesn't mean nothing changes. My, like, people, there would still be something to have a falling out about eventually. There would still be things to move on from or just realize you've outgrown somebody and trying to be separate doesn't make that stop and I think that's kind of shot of goodwill hunting but you know at the end where he's like no I just want to work on the construction site with you and he's like if you are here I don't want to be your friend anymore like why <laughs> like go do, just go do what you want to do it's not there's no disrespect. The disrespect is pretending that you could stop the worlds from spinning. The disrespect is not embracing life and trusting that our friendship and what we've always had will be there. And that's not taking it for granted. That's trust. And that's trust in what you've built. So I very much trust what I've built in my life. And that's why I'm so comfortable always moving forward, traveling the world, embracing. Hello. My mom is driving, has just got home and honked at me. I knew who it was because she was honking. <laughs> um, it's funny. I kind of like this excuse to think about the summers of uh, my life. But it also reminds me there's this one quote. I think I have a screenshot of it. Um, but basically, let me find her. Please. Oh, it says, You'll, you still crave lemonade, but the taste doesn't satisfy you as much as it used to. You still crave summer, but sometimes you mean summer five years ago. Alita Nugent. And I think that's kind of what I'm getting at, where it's like, sometimes that's the ritual, that's the routine, where it's like, taste lemonade and you remember what it tasted like then, and it doesn't feel the same because it's not. And that doesn't make this any less worthy. But it's also, like, nice to know that you'll have other versions of lemonade. Maybe you'll have a pina colada. I hate pina coladas. Callum fucking loves the, cal the pina colada Slurpees. And I was like, you disgust me, sir. <laughs> um, I think they're vile. But maybe my adult taste buds have changed. Um, I mean, they definitely have. But I don't know if it's about pina colada. Just the thought of them still kind of makes me sick. Uh-uh. But, you know, I just always like that quote. Sometimes you do mean you missed summer five years ago. Um, also, Chicago summer 2016. That was one for the books. Just, like, universally, for some reason. Something was in the water that made that so fun. Um, <laughs> and I just, like, how we'll remember, like, certain blizzards from certain years. And that's, that's a winter to remember. There's always... Why not remember all of it? And it's all beautiful. And also the show, 2521, uh, lovely, wonderful show. But uh, there's something that I 
I've been like rewatching some episodes because it's just such a comforting thing. And it's been like a year, and it's nice to know how things change. Um, but the like Nahido, you see her in her youth, like as her daughter is reading her diaries, you see it happen. But then you can also see the daughter like talking to Hido and being like, "Oh, like this is things I do remember or don't." And there's one. There's like a day, this little trip that she took with her school friends. She's like, oh, I'll remember this forever. It's like the only school trip I've ever had because she was always busy fencing. Um, and then the daughter asked the mom, she's like, I never went on a school trip. And it's kind of weird that this is always something that's like sinking in for me now in a lot of ways. But you're not like, I was trying to think, of, I felt different watching that scene this time around because I realized I don't remember every day of high school anymore. I used to remember like everything that happened. I never like really remember my childhood just because my brain protected me from a lot of things. Um, but I don't remember every day of high school anymore. And I'm sure I'm missing some of the times where I felt the best in my life. And so instead when I think about high school, I just like I personally, I just have that feeling of like lighthearted joy, the exploration of youth and camaraderie. And that's, those are the things that I'm kind of left with for the most part. I can still remember some specifics in some days, um, but I don't remember everything anymore. And it doesn't lessen or dampen that experience that I did have because it made me who I am. And it'd be foolhardy to say that just because I couldn't tell you the details of something that it hasn't changed me, that it hasn't affected me, because um, I'm sure it did. And just like that day, sorry, my throat, <coughs> that day in the show, like as a viewer, it's like so beautiful, so meaningful to you. And then it's like almost offensive that she doesn't remember, but that's okay. It's okay to not remember things. It's okay to keep moving and to move on. And it doesn't mean that all is forgotten, that it was for naught. It means that it, that's why you're here. And that's a wonderful thing. And you can still be grateful for all of it. And maybe it is nice to sometimes stop and think and reflect and pay homage to the places we come from. It's okay to feel connected to them, even if it's hard to be apart. So yeah, that's what I got. Love beams. Also, I do, I don't, I realize, I, like some of my friends have like, parents that are first, like their first generation, they just immigrated to Chicago within their lifetime. And those are not really the people, <laughs> those are not the people, those are not my friends, it's not the community that I was alluding to. Where I'm, I mean, it is true that you still have like different experience of Chicago. As a result of that, oh no, but that just, I realized that that probably came across weird, but I just have like, I specifically know quite a few white people who would come to the city with a degree of wealth. And even though they grew up here, those were the people I was kind of getting at, where there'd be like a bit of an air, and then we'd like go out and do something in high school, like a bigger group, and then be like, oh, I didn't realize this is how this worked. And the rest of us, like, Especially, or something like, for anyone else, 
regardless of when your family came to Chicago, would kind of be like, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't, like, realize this was a reality? And that's kind of, that's what I was getting at. I think that was, like, a wrong separation. Um, So the separation was trying to be, like, specifically, like, rather wealthy, typically rather white individuals, which I knew were... Oh, I just want to shin that up. I'm sure, like, no, I'm, I'm sure that point got across, but I still just want to be a bit more explicit about it because I don't want to inadvertently, like, uh, ostracize anybody. Um, also, just read the financial stuff yesterday. Another little wrap-up that I just remembered is because I saw a Volvo, and I associate Volvos with my best friend Callum, his family, and I think I mentioned that his family is just, like, more well-off than mine. And so, basically, his mom, like, every year, or not every year, but whenever this occurred, they, they're they the ones that always got me, like, my phone. It's like, uh, my mom still, like, did everything she could, like, I mean, like, nice things, whatever possible. But, like, like pretty until, like, college, probably any of my technology, iPhones, whatever, it was like, his mom got that for me so I wouldn't feel, like, left out. And I just felt wrong to not, like, point out that gratitude. Um, so, shout out my other mom. <laughs> um, yeah, she always just wanted me, she just always, I mean, any parent wants this, but because she was able to, and I am just another kid of hers. I was just always grateful to, like, feel that included and that taken care of by someone who, like, doesn't quote-unquote have to the way that your family does. So, yeah.